0: Welcome to another Youth Sports Experience Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Seitz. Today we're going to continue with our series on commitments of a high-performing sports parent, focusing today on after the competition, after practices, and the car ride home. Multiple studies and research have been conducted to determine why so many kids are dropping out of sports at such a young age. In fact, the National Alliance for Youth Sports conducted a study, and when I saw the results, I realized how sobering they really were. The study found 70% of kids no longer participate in sports by the age of 13. And while multiple, multiple causes have been cited for this trend, two reasons that continue to stand out across multiple studies are parental pressure and the athlete feeling that playing sports is no longer fun. While parental pressure usually begins with the intention to come from a place of caring, it can often be interpreted or turns into a form of criticism that is pushing our kids away from sports participation well before they've had the opportunity to fully benefit from the positive attributes that sports provide. On today's podcast, I'm going to introduce two more commitments to becoming a high-performing sports parent that I hope will help parents avoid going down the path of parental pressure and allow an atmosphere in which the young athlete is free to have fun through sports. But before I do, I want to share a true story that I read from a professional soccer player to think about as you listen to this episode. This particular soccer player had grown up in Europe and was in a family that had struggled financially in his growing up years. He had played the game of soccer his entire life. He loved the sport and was good enough to become a professional player. Due to the family circumstances, however, his mom had never attended one of his games in person. Finally, when he became a professional athlete, she was able to make it to a game in person. Now here is where the story takes a turn that fits perfectly with what we're going to cover in today's podcast. When he stepped into the family lounge area after the first game where she was able to come watch him play, he was waiting for her to walk in, and when she saw him, I'm sure he was expecting that she would you know, greet him and be be proud that she had an opportunity to watch her son play pro soccer. But instead, he came to see her, and she shared this. She said, "'Why are you playing less hard than I thought you should on a couple certain plays?' Or, "'Why didn't you pass the ball to a certain person in a certain situation?' And his response was classic. He said something to the effect, Mom, I made it to the professional level without your coaching, so I probably don't need it now. His story when he finished, he made it very clear that, that after considering the interaction with his mom, he realized that probably one of the main reasons he'd grown to love soccer so much is that he was the one that owned, his, he owned the love of the sport and he didn't have to, over the years as a kid, face any interactions with his parents, or in this case particularly his mom, after games because they weren't able to come watch him play. Now, I'm not saying this to think that parents shouldn't support their kids playing because you know I'm a, as many games as I can of my kids, and, and I am sure many of you listening do the same thing. But what I am here to say is that when we, when we, as I talk about the two commitments today, I want you to reflect on that story I just told and think about what would happen if we as parents follow commitments two and three that I'm about to introduce. Commitment two I will allow my athlete to initiate conversations about practices and games. And commitment number three I will treat my athlete the same whether they win or lose. Let's start today by breaking down commitment number two allowing our athlete to initiate conversations about practices and games. I believe this relates directly to the question of who has ownership in the young athlete's sports experience. If I as a parent are consistently asking my child questions about practices and games as soon as child gets in the car then maybe it shows that I'm the one taking too much ownership of the ch- my child's sports participation, and, and maybe even more so than the child is. When these types of conversations take place in the car after games, they will be more likely to run on high emotions and be much lower on well-thought-out and logical dialogue. I mean, just imagine for a second, if the end of your workday, you got into the car to drive home, and you had someone in your car ready to question you about the choices you made at work that day, why you spent so much time working on Project L- X, and what you need to do better the next day at work to be more successful. Just imagine that scenario for a second. I would not want to face that kind of wrath at the end of a work day, and I'm going to make the safe assumption that you would probably not want that either. And studies have shown that our children do not want to face this type of interrogation at the end of their workday, which is a sports practice or game in some cases. Now, what can we do to handle this scenario more effectively and to the benefit of our kids? First, I believe it's important to let them set the tone for the car ride home. Give them some space to gather their thoughts and decide what topics and how much they want to talk about. I believe it is healthy if most of the time... None of the conversation in the car ride home from practicing games is about the sport. Maybe the athlete wants to share about their day at school, friendships, other things that they had to face, challenges that they faced that day, good things that happened to them that day. We as sports parents have to remember that our kids have lived through the practice or the game. The coaches and players have already more than likely move past this event or are working through the, the happiness or disappointment of this event and are looking ahead to their next opportunity. I really truly believe that our best role here is to give our athlete the space to work through their emotions as is best for them. So again, commitment number two, I will allow my athlete to initiate conversations about practices and games. In a, An immediate action that I believe we can take with this is let's all try to avoid initiating conversation about games and practices. If our young athlete starts a conversation, then we can be an active listener, ask good questions, and avoid judgment, and let them be the ones that do the majority of the talking. Before I talk about the next commitment, I have to admit that It is the one commitment that I have to continue to work the hardest to stay true to. Sports are emotional. And if you're like me, I I love sports and I care so much about how my kids do in these sports. And it's easy for me for my emotions to take over the way I feel both after wins and losses and do so in ways that aren't helpful to the long-term success of our kids. As I discuss commitment number three, please remember that this commitment is not asking you to be emotionless or disengaged, but instead, focus that engagement on sharing in your kids' joys and disappointments, showing either empathy or grounding with your support and guidance, and make sure that that support and guidance is being used to help your child deal with the emotional roller coaster that can be part of the competitive process. Commitment number three is a one, one of the most important commitments we must adhere to as sports parents. Loving and treating our child the same, whether they win or lose. The emotions of a game, a child who's not performing to their full potential, or a young athlete performing much better than they typically do, are all situations that can elicit strong feelings and reactions. As sports parents, we need to keep these emotions under control and not give in to the notion that would make our children believe that our love or care for them has anything to do with the outcome of a sporting event. Just as it can have a negative effect on an athlete when parents display personal disappointment and show increased pressure on an athlete after a loss, while this is something we may not consider, I believe it can have equally as negative an effect to over-celebrate wins and tremendous performances by our young athletes. In both cases, the reason for the negative impact is the same. Anytime we show our young athletes excessive emotions, whether they're bad or good outcomes that lead to those emotions that we have, we risk our athlete believing that their performance dictates how we as parents feel about them. Why do I believe it is so important to avoid showing too much emotion either way? I believe it's important we don't show too much emotion either way because we need to be the strength. We need to be the rock for our young athletes as they work through the processes of winning and losing, successes and struggles, and the pressures that rightfully come from the coaches, their teammates, and other outside sources. As parents... All the young athlete needs and wants from us is love and support. If we are getting overly involved emotionally, and we're living and dying with every outcome, it's going to be difficult to provide that emotional stability that they need to be successful. I can admit, too, that this is very difficult for me. I I really, truly, as I mentioned earlier, struggle with this commitment. Yet, I believe committing to this action allows our children to participate in sports without sports becoming their full identity. They have to know sports are something they do, not who they are. When they know that you love and support them no matter the outcome of a game, it will free them to be the best possible athlete they can be and allow the relationships that we have with them and the time at home to be a chance for them to recharge their batteries and get steeled mentally and physically. For the next game or practice. Commitment number three, I will treat my athlete the same whether they win or lose. And my immediate action is to find a consistent way to handle the post-game greeting that works for you and your athlete. Now I'm going to tell you how I handle that post-game greeting with my daughters. My, one, my oldest daughter's 15. My youngest is 13. The way I handle that post-game greeting with them is we do a handshake. And whether they win, whether they lose, whether they personally play extremely well or they play personally extremely poorly, the only reaction they they get from me when they come and see me is a handshake and usually a little tap on the head. And that's just my way of saying that I respect what you did. I respect the, the fact that you put yourself out there and give an effort. And no matter what the outcome is of that effort, either as a team or as an individual, I, I love you and, and support you in the same way, why I chose the handshake and why I believe it 's worked for them is because they know that that it takes away the the emotional it 's a less it 's a very neutral response takes away the the motion of the response and and what really hammered home for me that this is working is when our oldest daughter. His um, team lost the regional basketball game in February. It was a long time that it took for her and, and her teammates to come out of the locker room because it was a very emotional loss and, and a difficult day for them. And as she walked out, she was in line with her teammates walking to the bus, and I made eye contact with her, and I didn't know how she was going to react, but it, it made my heart feel really warm and know that I think I'm doing the right thing and approaching it this way because as she got about five feet from me she reached her hand out to me and I reached my hand out to her and I shook her on the head and shook her hand and I put my left hand up and tapped her on the head and she just kind of nodded to me and I knew that uh, she knew that that she was going to work through it and she was going to be okay and that I loved and supported her no matter what. So I ask each of you to think about and consider that and figure out a way that you can approach your kids post-game so that they know that win or lose, play well, play poorly, that, that you have their back, you're their rock, you support them and love them no matter what the outcome. Our most important role as a sports parent is to give our athletes the space to work with their coaches and teammates and to achieve their goals and dreams. Knowing that when we give them the space, and we remove ourselves from the direct emotional involvement, it will allow them to take the type of ownership necessary to achieve their maximum level of performance. I appreciate you listening to today's podcast. I thank you very much for, for your support of the Youth Sports Experience podcast, and I look forward to continuing to provide you with more contact Content I, and make more contact with you, I welcome you to please go to my website at www.hashtagcompetitionmatters.com. Again, on each page of the website, there's an opportunity for you to uh, fill in and send me questions, comments, etc. That, that will be sent directly to my email. So I welcome you to do that. Um, please get on my social media. I'm on, on Twitter at, at Aaron Leon AaronLeonSites, the number one. I'm at Instagram at hashtag competition matters, and I'm on Facebook. Look up competition matters, and you will uh, find my information there. So please, uh, please do that. I, I love getting connected and, and love uh, working with with young athletes, with with parents, with with coaches, because I believe youth and high school sports are are some of the most important things that uh, help shape and form our children as they uh, move forward from from their time of youth into adulthood and, and the sports can teach them many, many lessons that they can take with them. So again, thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope to uh, continue to, to, to have you listen and, and hopefully make some connections along the way through, through the social media. And while you do, just make sure you keep doing things that make competition matter. Thank you and have a great day.